Welcome to Shoulder to Shoulder LAFC Podcast. This is your host, Chris, with my co-host, Christian and Jonathan, and we are on episode 15. On this podcast is a little bit of a special one. We're deviating from our normal interview, and it's just going to be the three of us. This will be the first time I feel like the three of us are going to be able to all talk and be equal partners on the, the podcast itself. And so, you know, without further ado, you know, Jonathan, Christian, welcome back, guys. Thanks. No, I, I definitely missed you guys in the couple of weeks I was gone uh, on vacation, but we'll touch on that and we'll touch on your vacation as well. I know you guys didn't get a chance to really talk about it. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have all of us back together again. So sincerely, welcome back to you, sir. Uh, we want to hear all about your North African adventures and uh, can touch a little bit uh, on Paris as well, too. Obviously, uh, your epic photo there holding your scarf in front of Notre Dame and, and, and some tragic stuff that's, yeah, that's taking place there. That's definitely. pretty sad. So you were one of the last people to get to see it in its, in its original glory. You know, and they said that the after the fires, that I think it's going to be closed for like five to seven years. So it's, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely glad that I saw it uh, when I did. But before we get into that, we got to talk about uh, the games. You know, we've had two matches this last week. We had a game in Vancouver against a very weak opponent. But, you know, we started a lineup that probably was, uh, you know, we, we played some players that didn't have the opportunities to play earlier in the year. And I think that it showed that there's a very big step down between our starting 11 and the people that we have as backups. I think it's really easy to look at it as a midweek game. It's out of the country. We played a B squad. We're played on turf. I mean, it's really easy to accept a loss from those points, but I do think there are some serious takeaways that we need to look at from this match. And, you know, I I think it's good to spend a little bit of time and perhaps break down some of this stuff that, you know, tactically, I think we have to look at some of these decisions that were made as far as assembling that squad and say, There was a lot of heavy rotation, perhaps over rotation, and really who performed and who didn't perform because, I mean, look, on on the day, it's easy to say Miller was really the only one who had a stellar performance. Pretty much everybody had a subpar performance that day, but there are some things to take from it that I think we need to be mindful of going forward, and I think actually this game might highlight perhaps some squad additions that we might see when transfer windows open up this summer, so... You know, my takeaway from it, at least, is that it's easy to write this game off, but I do think there are some things that, that we need to observe, obsess, and, and take away from. Yeah, no, the the squad, I guess, that's normally in the 18, got their start, got their opportunity, maybe missed on that opportunity to make a case for themselves for future matches. They'll definitely get other reps. Uh, the Open Cup is going to come. And there'll be other competitions where they can showcase, but I think our back-to-back host not starting only Segura being the starter back there was a difficult one to swallow I think in my opinion Peter Lee Vassell is a better sub than a starter at this point he's so young and he was hesitant I think on that second ball basically got that open shot and Miller couldn't deal with it because it was so close but what I will say is we still had opportunities to either tie or win that game which is kind of crazy because the pitch was pretty harsh 
It was very bouncy. Everything. I think everyone, including Vancouver, is having trouble controlling the ball. Yeah, the ball didn't fly true. Yeah, you know, and it's turf, and I think there's like barely any carpet underneath it in any way. So yeah, I did feel though that when watching that game, that LAFC didn't really turn it up until like the 82nd minute. You know, right? I, I just. You just didn't see the fire behind them until the very end of the match, and it's like, hey, where were these guys the last 80 minutes? Well, I mean, I think, to me, and, and maybe you know, maybe this is something, but to me, when El Munir came on, that's all of a sudden when I feel like we had some, some real potency to mm-hmm. the attack. It seemed like prior to that we were struggling a lot to maintain possession, uh, you know, the midfield was constantly having to scramble back and forth to right. try and recover balls. And the whole scene seemed very, very disjointed. Of all the subs that came in, I think, yeah, look, it's easy to look at Vassal and say, you know, yeah. look, he had three opportunities on goal and, and none of them were particularly well shot. You know, that's that's easy to look at. You know, Hamalainen has come on before and we've seen some positive things from him. I don't think he had the worst game, but he, he definitely didn't impress too much in this game. And obviously Shaft Brewer Jr. is going to take the majority of the stick in this game. And it's easy to look at him and say he had a very poor performance. Right. And and he probably cost us a lot of possession, forced the midfield to have to overreact to some of that loss of possession. And when, you know, when you have two outside backs that are struggling, that just erodes the entire midfield. So much of what we do when you look at our games in which we're successful that heat map in the middle of the field is bright red. And, and, and right. that's where a lot of our dominance originates from. And when teams are able to get physical and disrupt us in the middle, that's been a key for success against us. And in this case, I feel like we sort of provided that disruption ourselves and perhaps bringing in, you know, two people unfamiliar with, with first team play um, in both of those outside back positions really hurt us. But I mean, I think once, you know, El Munir came in and perhaps, you know, the argument was made that he should have started you know, the team really did seem to kind of have a little bit going on, but the final 10 minutes just wasn't enough to crack that goal across. I think you bring up a good point because what Vancouver did, and I think some of the other teams moving forward, they were not only physical, but they were clogging up the middle and giving you the wings, right? And having less experienced defenders on the outsides that could provide security, good defensive play, but also uh, some width and whipping in some balls or some good passes between the lines was something that was missing with um, both Harvey and Betis were missing, right? El Munir has more experience. He played at Orlando. He's been in the league for some time and has, uh, I think, more know-with-all in terms of what to do and what to experience going forward and also to pick his spot. So him, having him towards the last 10 minutes was a big difference, I think. But I think moving forward, we're going to have to be cognizant as fans that some teams are going to do this and only give us the outside to whip in balls and we're gonna have to figure out how to play through that i mean i know that k blessing and twista have been balling but i think they're gonna have some tougher matches going forward with kind of this blueprint from some of the other teams yeah i wonder too if in the vancouver match you definitely saw them the vancouver team shut down vela and rossi and so if if there are going to be these matches where you know you you find players that can shut down our two biggest scorers and leave it then up to our other our other players like Ramirez or Dio or any of our midfielders mm-hmm. to be the ones that, that spark it to get a, a goal. I wonder if there's going to be other clubs that look to try and copy that. Well, the ball literally fell to the feet of Vassal. I mean, Vassal had the chances. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he, he slots one or two of those three clear opportunities in. 
you know, we're talking about what a genius Bob is and how deep this squad is. And, and this whole conversation takes a whole different turn uh, across LAFC fandom. You know, to me, I mean, I just think, you know, look, Schaffer is so young. Yeah. He's so young. 19, right? Yeah, that's putting a lot on yeah. a kid. Um, and, and I think to me, when you look at, you know, Harvey coming out, you know, I'm confident that El Munir can do a satisfactory job. I'm confident that Hamalainen can get the job done against lesser competition. I feel like that that left back position we have some depth at, but as of right now, I'm not seeing someone behind Betashore that can step in that I feel is a bit reliable at all. So we have two games this season we haven't won. NYFC, no Betashore. That skinny pitch we tried to do a three at the back thing with you know the uh, you know we had um what was it uh, Silva yeah yeah Danilo Silva that came in on that side. Um, and he had one very, very embarrassing moment in that game. Um, so so that didn't pan out the way we wanted. And then this game against Vancouver. So, you know, I think we've seen it when Beta's not in there. We really struggle to have any kind of form and balance from that right back position. And I think, you know, if, if they're looking to address any sort of squad depth at the moment as we go into who that next signing would be, I would be astonished if that next signing is not a right yeah. back. Well, you know, you also mentioned, too, getting Hamalainen, and he's on a six-month loan, and, I mean, his loan is up uh, this summer, June or July, and, you know, we've got El Munir, and we traded him for Moutinho. Uh, Moutinho and I, I feel like if you look at Orlando right now, Moutinho's been playing every minute of every game, and, you know, I, I just don't understand yet where the uh, benefit of that trade has come from. I don't know if they traded for El Munir thinking that he was going to be the starter over Harvey, but I it, think that, that trade just hasn't come to fruition yet in terms of what, what the benefit was. You know, it's like if you were really going to trade for someone that was going to be a, a backup player, why wouldn't you trade for someone on the on the right? I why don't wouldn't know. you play the backup? I mean, if you traded for him to be depth, why are we going – from Harvey to Hamalainen. And oh, maybe they do. I, I think there's a fitness thing that we don't know about for Amunir, honestly, because he is. I would have made that trade if I was uh, John Thorrington, because he's a more experienced player, more tried player. He, he, I think Bob didn't necessarily have the patience in relation to the rest of the team because some of the losses we had last year, including the Galaxy, Moutinho got bossed in two of those goals. Mm-hmm. Right? He got overbodied. He's so young. He's not into his man shape yet. And he needed more reps. And I, I think with the squad he had built last year, if you have the opportunity to trade up, you do it. So I think Hemelainen coming in doesn't necessarily mean that he's a first-choice backup. I think it's going to be Almunir in the course of the season. And going back to what you were saying in regards to the left-back, we do have a second left-back, and he's also a utility man. It's a blessing, dude. So blessing can play anywhere. So him, we- him, getting, getting, yeah, him getting taken out in the 25th minute, I think we could have made a sub for maybe Peter Lee Vassal earlier and then put also Blessing on the right back, and it would have been a different game. But he he got hit a few times. One should have been a red card, in my opinion. And not being able to to have him on the field as a game changer uh, affected that game as well. So do you think with Lee Wynn coming back to fitness that Blessing moves behind Beta or – you know, is, is going to be rotating in with him in, in, in that capacity? Where do you see the midfield and where does Blessing go if we have, you know... I think it I think it depends on the game. Depends <laughs> on the game, how it plays out, you know, if we're mm-hmm. down, if we need to score, if we're ahead. I think all those things are taken into consideration and he literally can get put to replace anybody. Yep. 
I, I think he he's made a case for himself to start right now. I don't think he's played badly. No, but at the, the game. same time too, though, where like so when comes back, where do you put him? Where do you put blessing? Who do you put blessing in for over our starting eleven? You're not taking K out. You're not taking no twist twist out. out. No, I mean so I mean so he's not playing in the midfield. He's not going to play as a striker. I think Win is out for an, at least another one or two games without starting because he's not in full match fitness anyway. Well, I mean, the reports that I was hearing today are that there are no more, you know, sort of off-the-pitch practice going on for those players that are questionable. So from what I heard from today, Horta, Zelaya, Wynn, Dio were all in the normal practice, not in a modified practice. And this is, to the best of my knowledge, the first week in which all of them have been in full practice, not modified practice, which means to me they're potential to be able to be available this week 18 players yeah at least in the 18 if not in the 11 you know i I don't think it's probably wise to put any of them in as a starter uh you know i mean again on turn it's not close but i mean i mean let's say a week from now two weeks from now these players might be closer to their fitness levels and i'm not trying to say like hey next game against seattle uh blessing is going to be replaced but i'm saying when the opportunity comes that you know players like dio uh, Horta, Win are healthy, and those are all three of those are people that could be in our starting eleven. Mm-hmm. If uh, Blessing is one of the ones that is not, it, but I mean he has he's made a point to be a starter. Mm-hmm. Where do you put him? Who do you put him in front? Of? I think it's their jobs to lose now. Ramirez and Blessing have to make a big case for themselves to make Bob think about it. I I don't disagree with you that Win and Dio are the starters, but at this point Ramirez. Had a good game this last match, and we'll talk about the Seattle match soon. Blessing has had a stint of good games playing anywhere. So it's hard to not put him in, um, but I can see him being the odd man out just because he is so versatile. It could be also be a detriment to why he, he wouldn't start. Well, I, I, I could see something where, like, Bob Bradley puts him in at the second, the beginning of the second half. Like, he sees how a first half goes, and he sees where he wants to put Blessing's ability. Yeah. And he's done that. Yeah, and I just, yeah. you know, so, I mean, maybe Latif just not becomes someone who's not a 90-minute player, but he comes into someone who is a game-changer, and that's something that he has excelled at. So we have a difficult game midweek. We see some opportunity there. Right. Um, you know, again, we, we came very close. You know, Vela had a couple of shots that, you know, one of those goes in and, and we scrape a point out of right. this, or, or, you know, that and one of those vassal shots goes in, and, and, you know, the whole nature of this dialogue changes. So there was a lot, a lot of negative energy out there after that loss. I thought uh, a lot of people going into this weekend were not, at least from what I was reading online, you know, like all the haters are going to come out whenever there's a loss. But, right. you know, and, and all the, the true diehard fans and the people who know their MLS, you know, weren't, weren't buying into it. But you saw some people that were pretty worried going into this marquee matchup last weekend with Seattle and we obliterated them. Yeah. I mean, no. What a beautiful game. So let's let's dive into Seattle match over the weekend. And before we jump into the actual match, there were some pre match items that happened. So I want to touch on that before we jump into the stadium. Yeah, my favorite part of the pre match uh, took place right outside the stadium there on Christmas Tree Lane. Shoulder to shoulder debuted our pop up tent. Sincerest. Thank you, uh Custom Connects for the hookup. Yeah, thank yes, you. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone who stopped by to say hello to us. Uh, Mandy and I got there 
a little before Chris and Christian could make it out with their families. And so many people came by to say hello. And it, it just, you know, it never ceases to warm my heart, every kind thing that y'all say whenever you come over. And, you know, to everyone who picked up a, a pin, a sticker, or a scarf, and, you know, if you didn't get a chance to get one of those, we'll definitely be back out there in the future with that. But having some presents um, on Christmas Tree Lane for the show and, and all the yeah. love that, you know, we got, you yeah. know, from you guys was, was a really amazing thing. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know who the people you might have spoken to, but, you know, I remember speaking to Derek and Ben and Pablo from Dolly Black and Gold. And, I mean, everybody was coming over and, and showing us love, and yeah. it was it was great, you know, because I think this was really the first time that we had the opportunity for any of our listeners yeah. to come up and, and really do a face-to-face and say, hey, you know, we – that that they enjoyed what we were doing and it was it's it was it felt very rewarding because yeah. I, I very much like to know that we are liked in the sense that, you know, we're putting out a content that is enjoyable. Yeah, and we, we were able to, you know, sell some of the merch and we had some free beers and then my wife hooked it up with some Easter eggs for the kids. So I think overall it was a family friendly situation and like like you guys are saying, a lot of people just the fact that they knew us listen to the show like it makes all this worthwhile like it gives you this warm feeling oh, then the, the number one thing i got though was are you chris or are you christian <laughs> that's so funny um yeah i mean it's it, it's just uh you know to, to meet the true fans out there and i mean every time i see somebody sporting our merch whether it's a scarf a pin a sticker it yeah. just man it gives you it gives you some warm fuzzies uh so we got, you know, I mean, a lot of love from y'all, the fans out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of love from our LAFC pod fam yep. out there, um, you know, so shout out to the guys from Defenders and yep. Art of LAFC and Dale and Beer Showers and everybody that came by to say hello. LAFC pod fam is becoming a very tight knit group of people. We hope you guys are out there listening to uh, our show mostly, but their shows <laughs> as well, too. Um, but it uh, looks like pod fam is going to be coming together to form a squad for next year's that's, supporters. Yeah, that's, Cup. you know what? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jerry Jimenez, who put us all together on the WhatsApp group. Yeah, He's got us, uh, FCFC, Beer Showers, Defenders of the Bank. Dollar Black and Gold. It's Max and Vince. Yeah, inside yeah, LAFC. Inside inside LAFC. Inside so I was LAFC. thinking about this. The funny thing is, you know, there's back-to-back in Zimmerman. Are they considered pod fam? Can we have them on the team? And I think we dominate. Uh, uh, we could, I don't yeah. think <laughs> you know that what? would be the, fair. The, what's, the WhatsApp group has everyone's personal cell phone numbers, and I'm not sure if they That's are, true. Uh, you know, going to be. I think we need to talk to Max and Vince. See if they can hook we'll it up. See, yeah, <laughs> we'll see if we can. But. You know, when that PodFam WhatsApp group was created, you know, we started talking about potentially, because over this past weekend, not this past weekend, oh, was it Saturday? Saturday was the tournament, right? The soccer. Yeah, the day before the game. Yeah, the day before the, uh, so on the 20th, the day before the game against Seattle, there was the 32-52 fourth annual Supporters Cup. And yeah, so, we saw a back-to-back winner. So it looks like Black Army took it down in penalties versus my ultras who fell in penalties. I still love you guys. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, congratulations, Black Army. Well won. And, uh, you know, everybody who came out put on a good show. And, and so many of the supporters groups put teams out there. And, uh, yeah, next year we're going to get a chance to uh, embarrass ourselves out there. Um, so it should be pretty fun. If anybody wants to see Gringo make a fool of himself, come on out. Yeah, I think I think we I think within our pod fam group we established that we have four goalies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, think I win just on height alone. It's six five. Um, yeah. I feel like that that kind of gives me the goalies gloves. Yeah. But uh, it's you all know, you, we'll brother. See. Hey, I've got some uh, Tyler Miller 
Yeah, West Coast, West Coast goalkeeper. Yeah. That's right. So well, with my some... concussion history, I might have to get one of those fancy oh. Peter Check scrum caps. There you go. Yeah. As well, too. That should be pretty fun. Uh, yeah. yeah so, no, I'm looking but... forward to it. I'll definitely train for it. I think you're the one of the few ones that do podcasts that actually still play in a Sunday league. Yeah. No, I, I, I run a little co-ed team, so shout out to them. I know they listen, and we actually won our quarterfinal match this Saturday. So wow. looking forward to this weekend. I so might... here we are teasing a match that's like 360 days away. Yeah. Um, and that gives us all time to get uh, fitness ready. Right. But going back to the pregame situation in Seattle, something that's coming up and a project of ours that we want to incorporate into the podcast um, and looking forward to it is, you know, we want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, we do have a phone number you guys to call, but we want to make sure we bring the access to being or giving us a message to the podcast to you guys. So moving forward at the home games where we actually tailgate, we're going to bring a mechanism for you guys to be able to record. We'll have a recorder so you guys can give us some of your messages. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and throw a mic right in the fan's face. Uh, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's one of the things about this show that I love the most is that we get to be that voice of the fan out there. Um, so we are going to try and, uh, you know, be able to bring some of your stories here to the show. So we want to start a new segment uh, where we're going to uh, bring a mic and, and bring a recording device right there to the tailgates. And we're going to let you guys come on over to our pop-up and just tell us a little bit about your story. And, and we're going to cut that in and start mixing it into the show. So if you want to pop by and you want to speak into the microphone real quick and, uh, you know, say what up to us and grab a beer from us. And, uh, you know, maybe who knows, uh, next time you're listening to the show, you could be listening to yourself. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, all sorts of crazy wild stories come out of these Christmas tree tailgates. Yeah, so. especially after you've had a couple two tree modelos. Um, you know, make sure you uh, uh, you do that first before you come on over because we, we want to hear the full story. That's for sure. Right. You know, something else I want to touch on before we actually get into the Seattle game was the uh, Sarape scarf oh that, i missed out oh i know my. limited run and i saw you guys with them everybody <sighs> has been talking about him the last few days the d9u sarape scarf was legit and i'm so glad that i got there early i saw jonathan rocking it and i was like where did you get that and he was like right next door at the d9u tent yeah and i bought one of the last few ones man but there was like two or three people at the tailgate asked me to look at it and they were like oh let me buy it from you like i just got this yeah boy like i'm not gonna let this go super I was super one of them. limited <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was like where do i get this hey christian i got you one. Oh, dude. do you yeah you I got you one. oh I got man you one. Uh, i knew you'd want one um and so i uh, i was able to convince d9u to to sell me a second one so I got oh my god one. chris you gotta you gotta step up your game dude <laughs> I gave you the, the <laughs> oh, dude, I right? gave you the 3D printing of but LASC. that's for the studio. <laughs> By the way, it feels good to be back in shoulder to shoulder studios. We didn't even talk about that. I yeah, my house is not blowing over in the background here, so so it's nice. Yeah. You no. know what? Your house is still way better than my office, man. My office and my house sounded terrible. Well, there's more booze in it. That's that's about it for yeah. sure. All the scarves on the wall did actually kind of act as a little bit of sound deafener, but. Yeah, um, uh, we don't have my roommates cooking in the background. There's no cats playing at our feet right now. So, so yeah, we're a little oh, better off. I would have had a tough time. That's one of the things. Are I you did. allergic to cats? I'm super allergic. Oh, wow. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, so, but either way, we're back in the friendly confines of Shoulder to Shoulder Studio and, and glad to be back here. And That was an amazing tailgate. Um, some really cool stuff. A lot of love uh, from people that we continue to see. Um, 
you know, I was able to add a, another dozen pins to the pin collection. I think it's become a thing now. People are, I literally had multiple people give me pins off their hat. I mean, it's so crazy to see. Um, so, I mean, just the love from you guys there was, was a wonderful thing to see. And, and, and then we went in and, you know, lo and behold, I mean, first half we're up 2-0. Uh, they squeaked one back and, the, and then we just put the hammer down and it finished 4-1. And gosh, what an amazing game. So so let's get into that game because there was a lot of really cool things that happened on the pitch and in the stands in that game. Yeah, please, guys, talk on it because I didn't really get to watch any of it. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Nah, you know, I was there with my two sons and my wife and sitting in the sun and uh, my one-year-old wanted my wife and my four-year-old wanted to be with my wife and it just... I couldn't just sit there and watch the game while my wife was getting bombarded by my two sons, so it just didn't work out for me. I had to take off right before halftime. I'm literally, I'm literally walking in the parking lot, and then I hear the goal cheers uh, when Atuesta scored the goal right before halftime, and I was just like, God, why? Why couldn't this have been the day that my four-year-old was able to sit there and watch the game through 90 minutes? But, I mean, a, a proud papa moment for you is uh, for your youngest, a first game at the bank. That was his first game at the bank, absolutely. And it was definitely a good one, you know. Got to watch a little bit of the highlights. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole 90 minutes replay uh, at home. But, yeah, definitely a good one for him. It, it was it like 20 months old for his first game. Yeah. It's not bad. It's pretty good. I mean, it was Easter Sunday, so it's a family day. Again, no better way to spend Easter than at a cathedral. Yes. A lot, a lot of religious experiences have happened there. And uh, Sunday was no different. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's you couldn't put it better. And, uh, you know, we got some love from some of the other pods for, for that. And that's I right. think it's great, man. I think that's that's couldn't be more succinct there. But. I would love that, dude. Like, I, you know. I put that together, you know, and I just I like I th- I just thrown it together on a meme creator and you know, for as many people to, you know, like it and share it cuz I that, you know, on the LAFC fans Facebook page I shared that picture and I think it got shared like almost a dozen times and it's like for people to really like you know, I felt like that was cool, you know. A lot of times I don't put out kind of media like that where it gets shared or Yeah. Gosh, that Facebook page needs all the positivity it can get. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That is a good point. (laughs) EJ, go get him. Um, (laughs) So I I think, you know, when we look at the game there, dominance, wall-to-wall dominance. Mm -hmm. Yes, I mean, we had a moment where we literally fell over um, and and, and they snuck one back on it. And and those kind of moments are going to happen. But, you know, I mean, we dominated possession. We dominated attack. I mean, we were on the front foot the whole time. And, uh you know, I was really, really impressed for, you know, what was being billed as this this battle of giants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it certainly did not seem like they were up to the fight. And look, I know they had a couple players out, and and let's be honest, we had a couple players out as well too. Um, right. So I mean, you can't you can't have that be an excuse. You know, I don't want to hear that. You know, your team can't handle two guys going down from your starting eleven. Right. You know, I mean, if, if, if that's the kind of squad depth you have, you're not going to make it through an MLS season. So, you know, like both teams were battling a couple injuries. We'd have much rather started Dio and win. And, you know, and so. Well, I don't know. Christian Ramirez did get a goal. I mean, that was probably the nicest goal of, of the bunch. A little back heel, no look. Then, you know, you know, diagonal run into space, into space within the box. And then Kay, who an amazing game when there's some controversy around that goal as well too so season pass podcast comes out and says that they can confirm that mark anthony k said that they've practiced that exact move you know and implemented it in the game 
And then Heart of LAFC comes out today and say that they can confirm from K that it was completely yeah, live improv in the moment and it wasn't. Re- so oh, I really? want to know, did we practice this or did we not practice this? I feel like we need to get, we need to get I, K I, and Ramirez on. I thought K said something to the effect that they practice passes and movement, but not necessarily practice passes. <laughs> I mean, no, no, but around the box in which yeah. where you know you lay it off and you make that diagonal run. I don't necessarily think that that specific play has been practiced because it was improbable improv in my opinion he gets the ball he knows where k's gonna be which just means that they do practice it a lot right so no look back hill to him makes that run immediately k looked for it i mean there's there's some practice but also some improvisation so i think they're both right i think it's not definitive in which where i haven't seen a lot of practices in my growing up where you're practicing no look back heels you know <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Bob would be so happy if, if we went through five minutes of no-look-back-heel drills. That doesn't seem like something he would really go right. for well, on and, the practice pitch. Uh, another uh, nice point to talk about for this match was uh, Carlos Vela had his 10th goal of the season. In nine matches. There yeah. it is. Okay. what? Okay, so you, I, I've seen this. For those you that just, are not here yeah, in the yeah, studio. So those of us that are not here... Uh, Jonathan just took off his left shoe and just, it's an Adidas le- shoe, and he just threw it up in the air. I've seen a couple posts of this. What is that? Why are you throwing up your shoe? I mean, stripes up, brother, stripes up. Um, uh, The left shoe in the air for Vela, uh, I think is, you know, like the 3252 and what happens in the North End is such a beautiful, organic byproduct of this decomposition of supporter culture from throughout the world. I mean, L.A. is the melting pot city, right? And so much of what we see in the North End is us borrowing things that we love from supporter culture throughout the world, whether it's adapting a chant or a celebration. And so for those of you familiar with, uh, you know, with casual culture. um, With what? So casual culture, the idea of, you know, the hardcore soccer fan that doesn't appear to be the hardcore soccer fan. So you're saying, okay, so, because I was always under the impression that, you know, when you see these new social groups social uh, or supporter groups that come up and they're like, oh, you know, Pomona casuals, I was thinking that they were like a casual fan, that they're not looking to try and be like an ultra. So you're saying that someone who goes under the name of casual is actually an ultra? Yeah, they're incognito. Yeah, but that's that's the deception, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, obviously this this originates in England, um, and the idea is that authority uh, can't tell the difference between you and a normal, respectable person when they look at you. So you know you're dressed up, you're looking dapper, you've got you know any of those those clothing companies out there, whether it's a Weekend Defender and a Adidas, uh, you know Elise, any of that kind of stuff. Um, so you know you look. You look a little more dressed up than perhaps your average hooligan ultra might might be, um, but you know you're still gonna gonna get out there and be involved in active support in the way that the ultra fans would be as well too. So there is definitely a cross section of the North End that are big fans of casual supporter culture, and so something that uh, I, I believe came from the mind of Rey Mysterio. Uh, if I am if I am misappropriating this, uh, I apologize. But to the best of my knowledge, Rey is the one who's rallied a lot of the casual fans, so, uh, so the, to speak. Is the bucket hat part of the casual? Attire? Yeah, though they have the bucket hat for sure. <laughs> um, we love our bucket hats. Um, you know, and 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 definitely the three stripe shoe being held up by the fans is something that. 
you know, you have found in other supporter cultures uh, across the pond. And so uh, I don't know exactly who came up with the idea of whenever Carlos Vela scores uh, that you take off your your left shoe and, and hold it up in, in honor of, of his glorious left foot and all the magic that it provides us. Um, so it, it just became a thing. Um, you know, again, it's the organic nature of, of the North End. And, and so now I think I saw like 100 people take their, their left shoe off and, and hold those three stripes up in the air for Carlitos. So does it have to be an Adidas shoe or can I like, I, you know, I wear my double H, you know, cowboy boots. Can I can I take off my cowboy boot and throw up the left or what? Bro, you want to hold your cowboy up in the air? Ain't nobody going to stop <laughs> you because that's the great thing about LAFC. Um, we're not here to police active support in that respect Mm -hmm. you know if if you found something that you know expresses yourself and and lets you be a part of of this collective joy that we all feel then you're welcome to do it and you know the majority of those people are going to be holding up a three-stripe adidas but you know i mean you got uh uh, you know your high heels on or whatever (laughs) you're rocking that day you know hold it up i think it would be really cool if vela scored to see you know, 20,000 left shoes go up in the air with, with every kind of shoe you'd see across uh, the entire bank. Of I'd California. be so impressed if you can take off that boot real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yeah. Like, I, I, I saw some people untying a shoe to take it off and then tying it to put it back on. I, I witnessed that. that um, so, I mean, I, I saw it happen. So, it, I mean, so you throw your shoe up, it gets drenched with beer showers oh, and... So it's just it's just super super wet and soggy. That would be an epic pick though, if twenty thousand people are holding up a shoe. Well, I mean, there was you know because we all share the uh, Instagram account, so it's not so it's not just one of us who's posting to it. We all contribute to it uh, equally, and so there was a post that uh, Jonathan had p- put up of him holding up his own shoe. But the first post you put up was that also you and your own shoe. Somebody took a picture of that, or yeah, was that yeah. somebody else? Um, uh, the first picture, um, uh, so no, that was uh, a post from, uh, LAFC photo, uh, Eric free transfer. Um, so he posted that photo, um, in one of the chats and, uh, I just, I thought it was hilarious. I think it's just one of those things that for whatever reason, I just think it, it just tickles me, uh, that this is something that, that the North end is doing. Um, I, I think anytime, you know, we can do that kind of stuff that, I mean, nobody else in the MLS is, is, is doing this that I've seen, um, you know, if, forgive me if I'm wrong there, but I just think it's, it's a really cool thing. And so I, I reposted on our Insta, uh, from that game, um, a week ago, I, I was holding my shoe up as well too, but I, I didn't get, get the sweet love from free transfer. But then, uh, uh, Ricardo, one of the, uh, the DJ for D9U snapped a pic of me right after one of Vela's goals with, uh, my Golazo scarf that uh, you know made four appearances uh, at the last home game with four goals, and mm-hmm. uh, you know in my shoe right there with the mask on. So that kind of made for a made for a fun moment. Yeah. So it makes it motivates me to go buy some samba or something of the some like. gazelles. There's a lot yeah. of Adidas options. Yeah. I am. Um, I was chatting up Rich about this, and I want to see. You know, look. Uh, I mean, Adidas is our kit sponsor. Yeah. Some, so where are those black and gold yeah. three striped shoes with you know thirty two fifty two or LAFC across the back there? So, um, what I want. Rich. Those would be pretty sweet. I've had to buy two shoes back to back seasons that are black and gold from other non Adidas vendors, but I made sure it's blacked out, like the name of the or that logo. Um, just the accents are gold and black. So I do want Adidas. Like I've 
look far and wide, and I haven't been able to find them. I mean, you could. I mean, we do have white jerseys. You could do black with white stripes, and then the gum bottoms. That's pretty close. It's yeah. true. I'm just telling you right now, Adidas. If you're listening, yeah. a sponsor the show. <laughs> b um, if you came out Timothy, with the black and Timothy Nikoloff, we'll hit him up. He's yeah, a future yeah. guest of the pod. Yep. But, um, if there was a black and gold LAFC shoe, I, I know right now you'd sell 3,252 of those. Minimum. Uh, just probably that. to Ray more, Mysterio and his personal more collection. More than that. Yeah. Um, but I, I know the North End would everybody. I mean, I'd, I'd have to get two pairs. And yeah. Easy. Oh, of course, because it's, it's one to wear and one to keep. Right. So we, we saw shoes up not only once but twice for Carlitos, um, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we went ahead and put a four spot past him. Uh, Mark Anthony K, uh, you know, sweetest Canadian maple syrup out there. I mean, he really, uh, you know, three assists. I mean, that that beautiful one-two with him and Ramirez for that goal was just was just some icing on the pancake there. Yeah, it was great, man. He balled out for sure. I mean, we had K, Atuesta, and Vela, MLS players of the oh, MLS team of the week. Excuse me. So I mean, being represented, I think every week this this season almost. I want to say I think been it was a, only maybe a week two that we didn't have a player on someone there. on the team of the week. Robbery, I want to recount. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I think, you know, those were some amazing positive moments, and I, I don't know if I've laughed harder uh, than when, and I forget who it was from Seattle, but attempted that that shot from, from mid-pitch that oh, went so far gosh. wide, right? I think it went out for a throw. Oh, Oh, I haven't I haven't had a laugh that good. In a I don't understand that. There was like a three on two. I think it was that Tyler Miller was out of position, and so they were trying to. He was trying to take advantage of an open net, and it just didn't. He was trying to do his lots on, and it didn't work. Even then, I mean, yeah, Beckham did it. Like, yeah. but still, that was terrible. It wasn't even on frame. Like, yeah, or on end but line. Even <laughs> even even yeah, you know that that Carson player. I'm not gonna say his name, but. You know, I mean, he did it from way further up the pitch yeah, as was, well, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, this was way back there, but it was so far right. It was you, so far right. You know, something that I saw uh, that I wanted to ask about that was brought up on Reddit. Somebody took a picture of the Seattle fans who sit on the southeast end of the second deck. And I guess when Ollie was uh, doing his thing for the intro. I saw that, yeah. They were standing up. And had their backs turned, like I, I was, it just was odd, you know. It's like I wonder, do they do that for all other teams, or do they? Yeah, no, I saw that in the same Reddit thread. What's funny, I guess they didn't know how LAFC does their announcement of lineups, so they thought that right after the Sounders being announced, that they were gonna immediately announce LAFC. So they wanted to turn their back to our players being announced, and they didn't know there was a Ollie ceremony. Oh. So. I mean, foolish of them because they missed out on a cool ceremony, right? Um, but so they so is, but do they do that for away games when yeah. it's the other team? They'll stand up yeah. and put their backs. Yep, there's some supporter groups that do that, and mm. I think that's one of them that does that. So what it, I mean, Jonathan, you're going up. So LAFC is playing Seattle again this upcoming weekend on Sunday. Games at twelve thirty. Um, what I mean, what's going on, man? Is uh, the thirty-two fifty-two, or do they do they have any plans to kind of uh, troll Seattle? You know, I'd, whatever the Capos ask us to do, if the Capos ask us to turn around, we turn around. You know, I mean, that's that's our job when we're there is to, you know, pay attention to leadership and whatever chant leadership's calling out for, or 
you know, whether it was the San Jose game where we had our, our silent moment before our, our, our entrance there, you know, whatever, you know, the 3252 council and the 3252 leadership and, you know, that active support collaboration between Chicalina and Julio or, uh, you know, uh, our president, vice president, whatever they come up with, I'm on board with. Um, if it means we turn around, it means we turn around. I think, uh, you know, I mean, I, it bums me out that they missed Ollie. I mean, I think as an away supporter, that's still a really cool thing to see. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, the speed at which, you know, those birds fly through and you know, attacking that target. And, you know, I know the target has their crest on it. So, so maybe there's, there's a little slight that they took to that, but you know, if you know anything about Ken and the McNucks and all that, I mean, they're wonderful people. Yeah. And, you know what they're doing in the community mm-hmm. and everything deserves the support of the away fan as well too. Um, and so I think, you know, those things are all something that the 3252 would take into account. You know, we would weigh that kind of stuff before we make a decision to turn around, but, you know, look, if, if when they're announcing the other team's lineup, you, you turn around and face away, then, then that's all in good fun. Yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, it's 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 kind-hearted disrespect at that point. And, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, one thing that separates the 3252 and the North End culturally from other supporters is that I mean, we don't get wrapped up in the negative stuff. We might do it uh, for fun, and, and that's what this is about for us. It's about pride and passion and loyalty and fun and doing something we enjoy, but you know, we really don't dwell on the negative. The negative is not part of what dictates what we do. And so, you know, I know that's the mentality coming from on high and I support whatever it is they want to roll with. So do you, I mean, but, uh, you know, on a, on a lighter note though, about this game, this upcoming match for anybody that is traveling to Seattle, is there any, uh, plans so far about anything on Saturday, the day before the match, uh, you know, meetups or, or is there going to be a walk into the stadium kind of like there was in San Jose? So yes, I believe there will be a march into the stadium and supporters will be meeting up ahead of time. Um, so if you are a member of a supporters group and you're heading up, reach out to your capos and your capos will determine, uh, uh, exactly which bar, pub, wherever it is that, that y'all will meet up at. Uh, and then all the 3252 will collectively meet at a certain point and do a march into the match. Uh, that is tradition in Seattle that every away team typically does. Uh, and even their fans oftentimes come out and, and, and cheer on and support the away teams because, you know, I mean, Seattle has, has a pretty vibrant supporter culture. And they know that if the opposing team comes in and, and you know, comes in with some vigor, that that only adds to the atmosphere of the match. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, fortunately for, for the away supporters, Seattle fans tend to be pretty embracing of, uh, you know, positive supporter culture and, and having a good time and going back and forth. So pretty sure our march into the match will be welcomed by, by the locals there, which should, should be pretty fun. And, you know, obviously, you know, Ray mentioned it when he was on this show. There's there's a history between their supporters and ours that's positive. It goes back some time. And, uh, you know, even some of the negative incidents that we had last year led to some positive resolution as well, too. So, you know, even incidents uh, like the flag and things like that from last year all kind of ended up resulting in some some positive dialogue in the end. And, I, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the cool things about the 3252 is that, you know, we're not just doing this to go out there and and be hooligans in that classic sense of the word. You know, yes, we want to go out there and be rowdy and have fun, but it's done with uh, a little bit more social awareness and a little more intelligence behind it. But, 
if you're going to be there in Seattle, come say hi. I'll be there in the supporters section cheering it on uh, and representing for the show. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, <clears throat> should be a fun trip. Interesting note, though, is uh, the last time LAFC was in Seattle, first game in club history. Yep. So I feel like Rossi's going to score again. God, yeah, that would be awesome. I, I mean, it's 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 almost like a – I feel like going to Seattle is almost like ground that is – you know, you, you just need to make a trip out to Seattle at some point. Cause yeah. It's like, hey, at, at one point this was the first the first game in club history. Right. Yeah, um, I mean, and, uh, we're somewhat benefiting from the fact that uh, they just, uh, at the time of recording here, finished a 2-2 draw against San Jose. So, you know, they had a midweek game. <laughs> Um, a midweek so game in which, there. and they, they essentially dropped points. I mean, a home game against San Jose, they should have crushed them. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw, well, they're turning it around too. Yeah, San Jose. They're turning it around, yeah. but let's be honest. San Jose is not on par with Seattle. I, I agree mean, with that. Yeah. And no one, I think would, would say that they are, this is a game that, you know, Seattle should have won. Um, and so, so they're going to be desperate to try and get points, um, and, and if we can go in there and get a W, I mean, that that is a huge statement for us. And I think, you know, some of us were, were talking uh, at Christmas Tree Lane, you know, what would be, you know, if we could get four points out of these two games, I think a lot of people would have been happy. Um, and so going up there with a the chance to, to come home with four points, even with a draw, is something that, yeah. that you know, we'd all be happy with. And if we walk out of there with six points, amazing. And, and, you know, if, if we end up falling on our face and dropping, um, you know, we're not going to fall back in the standings too much because we already put in the work this past weekend. But. Yeah, it's uh, as as of today, the uh, MLS came out with the power rankings. And uh, right now the West is dominating the top five with uh, Dallas in fifth, Toronto in fourth, and then Seattle is in third, and then the Galaxy are in second right now, and LAFC is in first. Yeah. And that's before these matches were played too. So, no, uh, but, no, no, this is uh, uh, this is after Sunday's match. No, yeah, to, not oh, you're saying was, oh yeah, maybe, not today's, yeah, yeah. not tonight's match. Right? But I, I wouldn't, I don't see those changing anyway. And I, I mean, the West is stacked this year. It was, I'd, I'd say, shifted a little bit from last year where it was two to three teams in the East that basically were the front runners the whole the whole season. I think it's it's going to be hard to to really figure out till the tail end of the season who is going to come out in first in the West. Well, I mean, and look, we're only seven, eight, nine games, yeah. depending on which team you are into this season. Yeah. There's a lot of season left. And, you know, maybe Atlanta, NYCFC, some of these teams in the East that we thought at the beginning of the season were going to be dominant are going to step up. And, and some of these other teams that, you know, we, we didn't see being powerhouses in the East, uh, you know, north of the border or south of the border, um, you know, that have stepped up a lot so far. Who yeah. knows if they can continue that form or not. Um, but that's kind of the fun thing about the MLS, you know. I mean, Atlanta could dominate everyone last season and fall flat on their face this season, right. and, and that's that's the nature of MLS. Yeah, and I mean, you also look at two NYC or um, not NYCFC, uh, New York Rebel. You know, oh. they were in, in contention for the supporters supporter shield, and now both them and Atlanta are both uh, having some struggles right now. Yeah. So it's it just goes to show you that anything can happen any season. I just wanted to say I'm I'm happy to be back. I know so we didn't really talk about the vacations much, and that's for future stories. But I did bring you guys gifts. Oh, I brought you guys uh, Morocco scarves. Oh, scarves! Wow, thank you very much, sir. 
So, so uh, do you know do you know what this says yeah. on it? Uh, can can you explain to me what I'm reading here? Yeah, it says Je Pai, which is I love my country. Are these uh, the national team? National team. Ah. Moroccan national team scarves. It's in uh, French, which is Maroc, and then Arabic, which I cannot read. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is awesome, dude. Yep. Thank you. Oh, no problem at all. Um, and I, sure. what one, I guess, takeaway for me was football is international, obviously. Um, and everyone there loves their football. Their local teams won, and then obviously Champions League. So I got the opportunity to watch Champions League football there with the locals, which was amazing. Go Liverpool. And then I was able to play a futsal match in the Medina and Fez. It was like half a block away from where we were uh, staying. And the most gracious people, I was able to score one goal, two assists. We won the match uh, 10 to 8 um, and was able to take pictures. So credit to my wife. She took all these pictures, the ones on camels in the Sahara and then the ones all over Morocco. And we have more to share at some point for later grams on the Instagram. But an amazing experience. And I know you had a vacation also in Paris that. Yeah, Paris was amazing. You know, it was uh, my so my wife had business uh and she had a convention that her and her dad go to and uh it rotates locations like last year was in Amsterdam the year before that was in uh London and like next year it's in Madrid and so her company goes and so not every year my wife gets to go but this year my wife got to go and it was in Paris and so we went the week before her convention and um you know it was great we we were a block away from the Champs-Élysées all the nice shops that we saw the Arc du Triomphe, uh, Notre Dame, Eiffel Tower. We did a food tasting tour, which was amazing. Um, and then I think the highlight of my trip was uh, two things. The first one was going to an Irish pub uh, in in Paris, and that, you know it's like I got to watch. You know they you go in there and they've got all sorts of rugby and uh, football matches on, so that was cool to be able to just watch some of the uh, league U. League uh, Double So to watch some of those matches in the Irish pub was kind of a cool home feel. And actually, it was around the corner from the American University in Paris. So there was all sorts of American stuff in there. LAPD badges, uh, like scarves. So random. From, <laughs> from like the Denver Broncos. It was like crazy. There was all sorts of American stuff there because... I guess all the students that go to the university around the corner are American. So, um, and then the second thing was I did a uh, a Vespa scooter tour. So I was like driving a Vespa <laughs> with my wife on the back, and uh, we were following this guy who was giving us this tour. And it was just the three of us, and we went all through Paris and stuff. He's like bobbing and weaving in through traffic and stuff. I almost lost my life like two or three times, and it was great. But it was an overall great experience. I highly recommend Paris, yeah. especially at night. Did you have any soccer experiences outside of your Irish pub while you were there? You know what? So I was, uh, so I wanted to go see PSG play, um, but they were away at Marseille, and so then I was like, okay, well I'll check out Paris FC, which is the Ligue du team, yeah. and uh, you know I'm talking. So I got there. We got there on like Wednesday, and the match was on, or no, I got there on Tuesday, and the match was on Friday, and so I'm talking to every but every Parisian that I could. It's like trying to find out more information and, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to the Paris FC match. And they were like, oh, Paris Saint-Germain is not playing this weekend in Paris. And I was like, no, 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 Paris FC, the the second division team. And 
It was like nobody nobody knew, nobody cared. Paris FC is like on nobody's radar in that city. And, you know, it's a shame too because Paris FC is in one of the top spots right now for promotion. And it'll be the first time that Paris has had two city, two teams in the same city in like 30 years or something like that. But I guess they have like an attendance of like 5,000 people in a 22,000 stadium on average. It's just like a bummer, man. Like they, they don't exist, you yeah. know? So I we ended up not going on Friday, but no, it was uh, I mean PSG is everywhere, dude. That like, well yeah, I mean yeah. that team is stacked. Which so. which reminds me, so the streets are narrow in Morocco, and everyone has little motorbikes similar to mm-hmm. to Paris, but there was one instance where they're doing construction and they're like a tractor perfectly fit down this little alleyway that I was walking down with, and I literally had to matrix myself against the wall. Because they don't care. They go fast because they have confidence in their driving. And I nearly got, like, run over by, like, basically a mini tractor. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, is that how you got that mean shiner on your arm? No, this is futsal. I mean, even though I don't speak French or Arabic, we speak physical football no matter where we play. And I got slammed against the wall. Um, you know, I guess they weren't happy that a foreigner that's not even from, like, Europe uh, wearing LAFC gear was able to you know hold their own on the pitch against them, so I was proud of it. I'm wearing it as a badge of honor. <laughs> nice, got you got cross checked there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, uh, cheers. I mean, welcome back, boys. Yeah. Um, so uh, we are drinking uh, a little North African wine from Gringo Cellar at the moment. Uh, so uh, Christian in Morocco and you in Paris. I mean, we have a little wine, and uh, this is uh, from a North African region here. So. Uh, uh, cheers, boys. Cheers. And, uh, cheers. Welcome back. Uh, glad to have you back here uh, home, safe and sound in California. And uh, looking forward to next week's recap of our trip up to Seattle. It'll be great. And yeah. uh, for any of those that are interested in giving us a follow, at LAFCS2S is the social media handle. You can also uh, shoot us an email. They're on our website, www.lafcs2s.com. We are going to get Jonathan and his profile added onto the website this week. And uh, we'd love to hear back from you guys. You know, we talked to a couple of you guys at the tailgates, and some of you talked to us about some of your stories or the things that you like about our podcast, but we'd really love the feedback. Uh, Leave us a comment or leave us a a rating on, uh, you know, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify. Five stars, yeah. (laughs) iTunes. Uh, Leave us a rating. leave Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. And, you know, this is for you guys. You know, we, uh, you know, this is match by match, fan by fan, story by story. We're here to try and, you know, let everybody know what LAFC is all about. All right. So. See you guys at Christmas Tree Nine. Absolutely. Take us home, Stace. Showed up to showed up. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying the FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us old mommy, about to drop her. Fit. They won't need to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that.